Hello and welcome to Country Roads Confidential. I am Chris Anderson, your host. I'm going to be joined here in a minute by Mr. Mike Casazzo. We are finishing, continuing, finishing our week-long preview heading into fall camp for West Virginia University football. We have covered the schedule. We have covered the roster. Uh, we've discussed the depth chart. Um, we have hit it from every angle, whether it was on the podcast or on the website. So be sure to check us out at earsports.com to read and listen to everything you might have missed. Um, and now we're, we're kind of wrapping it all up because later today, later this morning, Friday morning, there will be real live actual football going on. West Virginia report players reported last night. They will take the field today. Mike will be in attendance. But before that, we're going to address where this football team sits, where, what are the expectations? Are they fair? Should they be higher? Um, this summer, Las Vegas set the line at five wins for this West Virginia football team. For most years, that would be wildly disappointing. Um, but the majority of fans have kind of, I don't want to say accepted um, five or six wins for this coming season, but there's been kind of an understanding that it could be a tough go of it. But I believe we have somebody here on the line who has a hot take to disagree with it. Mike, do you want to take it from here? I do, but I want to pimp the uh, Bryce Wheaton t-shirts first. <laughs> selling really well. And I actually want to tell you something, too. Like I, I keep dropping these little tidbits about how people are listening to us, which is kind of cool. I had a really good conversation, I guess it would have been Tuesday, with someone who, I, I've told you who it is, uh, is kind of plugged in and knows what's going on, right? I'm not going to tell everybody else who it is, but I told you who it is because we're on the same team, right? Um, and there's some very in interesting information coming out about who's good and who's bad and who's leading and who's not. So once you get those little nuggets um, and you realize that you know, you're know you this close to it and now I'm like – just a couple hours away from walking in and actually seeing that these things that people tell me like, Hey, is this guy really as bad as I heard? Or is this competition really as close as it seems? Um, it's very different than what we're doing right now. And like, I used to think that you and I write indisputably more words about the team than anybody. Right. I think we're talking more about the team than anybody now too. So we are, we're like a true multimedia power right now. Uh, yeah. Next, we just got to, was it uh, pivot to video and then we'll be clear. Uh, we'll cover mm. all our bases. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As long as I'm behind the camera, we'll be all right. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I kind of threw you right in here on, on the yeah, wins. I, I dodged. I dodged. You made me the back uh, yeah. hop right away. Okay. So, so here's the deal. Like, I mean, it's, it's not because like, I invited Dana Holgerson to my wedding and he gave me a nice like decanter set. No, uh, I thought he was a good coach and did good things to the program. It doesn't necessarily mean when there's a new coach that comes in that I'm anti, but I'm also like the same person who people forget this was not like hanging the Dana Holgerson posters in my office when he replaced Bill Stewart. Uh, my first conversation with him was about a certain infraction in cross lanes. So like, you're just you slow to come around to these things or it's just a natural wait and see kind of thing and that's kind of where i'm at and like as i see things my interpretation is this team shouldn't be terrible um i think that there's a lot of talent i think there's good coaches i think that there are people there who are more than qualified to throw together the roster 
and win some games. And I think there are players who are more than qualified to take good coaching and win some games. Um, I'm just not in the camp of this being a year zero or a ball it up and throw it in the wastebasket season. I think this is a team that could be playing a bowl game before or after Christmas. And if things go right for them and wrong for others, could be playing some meaningful meaningful football late in the season. So you brought him up. Yeah, so I just I just want to make it clear. You brought him up, your boy Dana. If <laughs> if he were still here, what's the expectation for the season? Is it the same? Is it higher, lower? You're not letting me tiptoe into this one. Are you? <laughs> no, no, we're we're jumping right in. It's the end well, of the week. Fine. It's Friday. That's Let's fine. go. That's fine. Um again, if if you just look at the rosters and or the roster, I should say, and you, you just kind of assume that some things are universal, right? Like there are going to be entire units, a lot of players who are here, who were here last year or who weren't here last year and would have been recruited anyways. And there are variations. Austin Kendall, I don't think would be here. In fact, I'm positive that he would not be here. I do think that Josh Jackson, the quarterback from Virginia Tech, would be here. In fact, I'm pretty sure that he was interested even after the coaching change. So like stuff like that, is and is not universal and there there are small deviations from form dana to form neil but if dana holgerson was in charge of this roster would you accept five and seven i would argue no so why if neil brown is in charge of this would you accept five and seven um we are constantly talking about fundraising and finances and how to build things and how to grow a program um you don't get major paychecks from playing a bowl games, but you certainly don't gain things by not being a bowl games. You have to go out for an entire year and say, yeah, we missed a bowl game, but we'll get back. And that's not just the players. That's the donors. That's to maybe assistant coaches you have to hire. Uh, That's to a lot of people who are important in your overall constituency. So if it's bad for one, it's bad for the other. I understand that there are natural things that happen when you change coaches. I've seen, quite a few coaching changes but i also happen to think that neil brown's been a part of a bunch of first year staffs a story you can read at earsports.com today and that he knows how to navigate these things a little bit um i just can't believe that it would be wildly different um with it with just because there's two different coaches in charge i think that the expectations you have for dana might be higher just because he knows the lay of the land and he knows the big 12 and he knows some of the coaches but I also think that Brown is good enough to, and his staff and the players are good enough to work together to win more than they lose. Okay. So do we take into account any of the fact that, say, Dana's had this kind of runway to build up his team and reached what I guess we could say was the pinnacle, which was a dis, I don't, I'm going to say a disappointing pinnacle, and maybe was not going to get there this year or the next year is that, you know, and this is Brown's first season. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Sure. But I was kind of bummed out to read the, the, the quotes in the story where he seemed resigned to a certain fate where he was going to be no better than second, maybe third. And some of the things he said, um, and not because like, this is a team I cheer for and I want to see them win, but because like, I really thought that he gave it a whirl. And I mean, we, we talk about recruiting classes and how highly they're ranked, but I don't think that they ever hung their hat on stuff like that. And again, I mean, this is no offense to Skylar Howard, but like they won 10 games with Skylar Howard. Um, they were able to to whip up 
a competitive team, uh, largely based that year on defense. And again, if you look at the last two years, really good offensively and needed more help from the defense. But I mean, there are some some outlier performances and moments that really shifted things like we can talk about not having Greer against Oklahoma and in the bowl game two years ago. Does it make a difference? Probably not. Kyler Murray still probably runs for darn near a touchdown on the first play, and Baker Mayfield still probably goes wild. But West Virginia had a good thing going against Texas and lost that game, and that that robs you of a win and momentum. Uh, and then last year, you know, the bowl game, uh, that's a unique experience, and there's some really hard-to-explain performances, but I, I think you would have seen some coaching changes and things like that regardless of who was in charge just to shake things up and get them right. But um, I think even I think the one thing everybody can agree with, this was going to be a different year for Holgerson, which brings us back to that point. I don't know. Did he get out the right time? Did he see the writing on the wall? I don't know. Maybe. But it certainly levels the playing field a little bit. Um, and I think gives credence to that question you asked me about, would things be very different between the coaches? Um, and I guess we'll find out soon, right? Yeah. Well, so here's my question. Dane is still here. Team goes five and seven. What happens? Uh, we're gonna lead, we're gonna lead the network and page views and subscriptions <laughs> again in January. Yeah, that's just the way we are. Like there, there's no way he would have survived a, a, a losing season. There's no way. Um, but I just I just think there's a bunch of things that would have been different that maybe keep him above it. I'm also not sure that if he had won seven games that he would have been back just because of the length of his contract. These are tricky conversations to have because the two situations are just just so different but let me ask you a question are you ready whoa who's flipping wait we flipping things around here we're just talking (laughs) um in what in what regard because i I feel like we're talking about how this hasn't been good and how like it's pointed west virginia down again you're pigeonholing me but I, again, I, I don't really agree. And I think there's been, you know, optimism. There's been rosy lenses and we're coaching changes and changes in general are sometimes good. Um, where has this been good? Where has this been changed where change was needed? Well, I think from my from what I've seen. There is that coaching change. It was a tough one. I don't again going back. I'm backtracking a little bit to get to my point. But with Dana leaving, I would never fault him for leaving because I was of the belief that this year was going to be around this level, six and six, seven and five, five and seven, and he was going to be out the door no matter what. So I think he made the right choice. Um, But for West Virginia to, I think the optimism stems from the fact that West Virginia was able to pop in and grab one of the hot young coaches in all of college football at such a late stage in the game this was after all the other coaching changes had already been made after the pool had already been kind of picked clean and then there's still neil brown who has you know has won 10 plus games three straight years and is on the short list for just about every kind of every power five conference school out there that list that you you know you mentioned that shane Lyons has um as an athletic director i think a lot of athletic directors pardon me, had uh, Neil Brown on that short list. So I think the fact that West Virginia could get him that late in the game, just like that, and he hopped right into it, kind of gives West Virginia fans, the school, uh, that feeling that, hey, you know, we can get the best guy. We can get the guy that the other guys want, and we can win. Um, Now, 
why they're only expecting five wins or six wins, I don't know. So let me turn it back on you. Mm-hmm. Why why is everyone okay with that? What Do you think there is a reason that people are okay with that? Uh, aside from, oh, it's the first-year coach. Because like you said, th- this was a roster already put together. He's not starting completely from scratch. He's starting in a better spot than Dana did when Dana started here. So, yeah, we talked about that the other day where Dana had 52 scholarship players. And, and are they going to be 30 difference makers? I don't know, but Brown's going to have... 80 82 something like that if all things go well um so again he's in a better situation which i think makes the comparison hard but we're talking about the end game and dana did a lot of work and his staff did a lot of work to push the ball you know right up to the one yard line and as we know the one yard line was not the friendliest place for west virginia in the past years but um i i think what's happened is there's some goodwill at play and this is where the coaches differ, and this is where it matters, and this is where the staffs – I shouldn't say the staff. The support differs and where it matters. Um, Holgerson was not really invested in the investment. And what I mean by that is, like, the big-picture stuff is hard for some people to see and to really dig into because do I have to have a multimedia department? Do I need to tweet? Do I need to be on Facebook? What goes on Instagram? And, like, coaches maybe don't want to or need to worry about that but programs do. And I think what everybody can agree with is that one of the great triumphs so far of this transition is that West Virginia's football program is much more visible and much more digestible. And when you can put your hands on something and get to know it a little bit and say, oh, I press play, I learn about what the team is doing on a Saturday in June. I learn about what it's like to run up Law School Hill. I learn about what my guys are doing, not on a Saturday in the fall. That makes it easier to not press follow and not press like. It makes it easier to turn on the TV, to subscribe to the newspaper, to go to a game to buy season tickets. Um, And that's big picture stuff that, if you ask me, believe you did, uh, was lacking before. Um, Which is interesting because if you you see some of the stuff that Houston's doing right now, Houston is trying to get multimedia people and football publicity people in there to get that going um it's a universal language we all speak right now in 2019 it's really really important because if you're not doing it somebody else is and again where do we get our news and where do we watch stuff now um we go to one place to get our news we don't go to five or six or seven different places so if you can bring the news to people you're going to be good and my long reply boiled down to a point here is that brown has earned great goodwill by getting everybody excited about what's happening we haven't even played football yet. We haven't had a win to get people fired up or a loss to get people down. But you feel like, hey, I know this guy. I know the side of the ball. I got a good feel for the roster. They tried really hard in the offseason. Wow, it seems like they like each other. And you feel pretty good about things right now. And feeling pretty good on August 1st is a pretty good place to be. Okay, you mentioned it. I'm going to roll the tape back a little bit. You mentioned that all this goodwill will get people to turn on the TV get them to go to games, get them to buy tickets. Will it get donors to write checks? Well, I'll say this. Um, it does not guarantee that you go to games and you watch on TV. You got to win, man. You got to win. Like in, in a vacuum, none of the stuff matters. It doesn't because you got to win. <laughs> like, and if you're getting blown out, if you're losing to Kansas, if you can't hang with Texas Tech, I mean, all these games that we talked about, 
previously that are toss-up games or games they got to win or can't lose, that is ultimately what impacts your following and your support the most. And that's that's cliche. I understand that, but it's obvious and you got to say it. So by and large, this stuff is cool right now. It doesn't matter. It gets people to the start line. But you ever run a marathon? Uh, no. <laughs> it's no. really cool to line up at the starting line in a marathon. You trained. You're looking around. There's all these warriors who have put their mind and their body through a bunch of stuff to get ready. When they fire that gun, it all changes, man. Like none of those long runs, those short runs, tapering, that doesn't matter anymore. You got to go out and run 26 miles. And like your, your little Instagrams and your selfies, they don't really matter anymore. You got to go out and run the race and you got to finish, right? And you're, you're going to feel great or terrible somewhere along the line. And maybe at the end, it's a miserable experience or it's a great experience. But like none of that stuff beforehand matters. It doesn't matter. Like reality sets in. And that's kind of where they're at. Like they've done all the training and all the conditioning and all the prep. And they had a bunch of pasta last night and they're all carved up and ready to go. It doesn't matter because everybody else has done the same thing. And the course doesn't care what you've done. Like you got to go out there and do it. And like, that's where we're at right now is that are they prepared with their roster? Are they going to be prepared with their game plans? Are the two weeks of camp and two weeks of subsequent practices going to be enough to get them ready? Can they beat JMU? Can they be ready to go for big 12 play? Um, Those are totally separate questions. And how many likes that I get in July? eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So how many, how many wins? What's it? Not a win, not, not how many wins, but what kind of season does it take to, you mentioned, you know, a loss might bring it back down. How many losses are there or what kind of season does it have to be to beat back all of that goodwill to, to kind of stifle the momentum? Is it, is there a season bad enough in year one that might stifle the momentum heading into year two? Or, mm. or do you think it, it's just kind of year one's going to be what it is and then it, it's, it'll be its own separate thing? You know, there's a difference between five and seven when you beat James Madison, North Carolina State, Kansas, Kansas State, and Texas Tech, right? 
yeah. and you lose some other games. And then there's, there's a difference when you lose those same five games and you go to overtime against Oklahoma State and you really fight against Oklahoma on the road and Texas only gets you by three points. Like it's quantity and quality are, are fickle. Um, so I don't really want to put a number on it because I think overall, I, everybody here is smart enough. Like we're, we're talking about tweets and Facebook and everything. No one here is that dumb where like if they go two and nine, people are going to be like, boy, I really love that Instagram story. That's not going to make things better. I get that. And like everybody gets that. So like they're, they they got to be a quality outfit out there and they should be better at the end. Than they are at the start. But they, they honestly, and we keep going back to this, they should be OK at the start. This is not a lost cause here. So is anything you've seen as far as their building of this roster late, their coaching so far this spring, led you to believe that they can build upon this so that, say, next year the goal, the the consensus goal amongst everyone, not just you, is eight or nine wins? Like what, what's, what, what's, what do they have to do to, keep, to build it up? Well, they got to get their offensive line fixed because Colton McKibbitt is definitely gone. Josh Sills, I think if, if if things go according to plan, he has a chance to go. Um, and we're not really tickled about the offensive line right now. So that's got to be a continuous thing where every year your offensive line brings guys back or at least has experienced people to plug in. Not there. It's got to get there. But look at their skill positions and look at their players on defense. There's a lot of sophomores and juniors. Um, there are not an abundance of players there is not an abundance of players who are seniors concentrating in spots they'll lose some corners is the obvious exception but we're talking about keith washington who as of right now has played 12 games right he didn't play in the tennessee game on defense and then played and got good but like he's got a lot to show this year to make that a big hole to fill next year he may and good for him if he does um the other corner is, is miller and bailey and we don't know the safety positions we literally don't know. Perhaps Josh Norwood becomes a free. He played it in junior college. He's, we think, best equipped to play there. And maybe that's a, a big position to fill. But the problem there is that, as we've discussed, they don't have a lot of candidates on the roster or even waiting in the wings right now, too. So I think offensively, find some linemen. And the good thing about their bad thing right now is that a lot of their second string spots are redshirt freshmen, redshirt sophomores, junior college players who haven't played a game. Um, but quarterback running back, receiver, lots of guys of eligibility. And if you look at different spots on defense, same situation. The trouble is they got to figure out the back end this year and they got to find a way to position it for success next year. All right. I don't mean to sound like I'm going all over the place, but I'm thinking big picture and I'm thinking kind of like franchise mode. You're looking at this point now, think about where you are right now and and think back to what 2010 Mike Casaza, a young, spry Mike Casaza, mm. looking at the Dana Holgerson era that's about to start. Which one it has the brighter future? It, it, when you're thinking to right now to what you were thinking back in 2010, where, where does it compare? Do you see any similarities? No, I see. I see no similarities. To be honest, that's a really <laughs> good question. No, and I don't mean that. I mean, I, I wrote the. I literally wrote the book on this. Yes, and I thought about this too because we've talked about comparisons. Um, Dana took over a program haphazardly. Like he he was not supposed to be the head coach that year. Again, don't forget that. Like it's not his fault that he got torpedoed, and the former coach got fought, well resigned, and then the change happened. Like he took over a year early, which is kind of an interesting what if. Like what if that Orange Bowl year was not Dana Holgerson. It was Bill Stewart. Think about that sometimes. That's a 30 <laughs> for 30. 
Like, who knows what happens, right? Um, but like that team was just gifted offensively and had some old dudes on defense who were not going to get pushed around and who were not going to back away from offensive linemen or receivers or challenges. I mean, there were there were some men on that defense and there was a lot of talent on offense. That was a really, really, really good team. I'm not down on this roster. I've been clear about that. It's not as experienced. Um, it's not as accomplished on offense. It's not as savvy on defense. It's very different. So again, I feel like those comparisons are hard. And I think if we're making a comparison year one Brown, year eight Holgerson, it's not fair because we can't compare year one Brown without thinking of year one Holgerson too. It's just it's just a faulty logic situation for me. Um, I do think though that the outlook is different though now too because you couldn't look at what was going on uh, year three, Bill Stewart, year one, Dana Holgerson, and wonder what was going to happen in the Big 12. Is it going to be too much? Are they going to choke on a big bite they took off? I don't think so, right? I mean, it looks like they're at least equipped to be at worst. At wor- I mean, let's not say at worst because they've been in the bottom. On, on, a, on a bad year, they're going to be a mediocre team in the Big 12. They're equipped to be uh, an above average to sometimes conference championship contending caliber team. That's more exciting than let's win the big East and we don't know where we're going to be next year. Okay. So let's bring it back to where we started. Vegas set the line at five. You're obviously betting the house on the over. What are your expectations for this season? You know, expectations are hard in my business. I mean, just cause I'm around them every day and they change so much and I haven't seen them do anything. Um, I look at their roster and I say, there's ways to win six games. I have this, uh, this is boring. I have like a funky little spreadsheet where I do point spreads and I try to figure out who's going to be favored and who's not. And by large, it's, it's mostly accurate within like whatever Vegas says. And I trust Vegas more than whatever I type into Excel, but I have them favored in, in well, five games and like a push for one, which is at Kansas state, which is a road game. I understand that, but like it's, it's there for them. And if they can figure out really good quarterback play, and they just get better on the offensive line. And if I don't, you and I have talked about this too, not too worried about the secondary and the defensive backfield on the back end in particular, because it's the big 12 good is relative, <laughs> you know, yes. like people are going to look bad sometimes in the back end and the secondary. And if you're bad, everybody's going to be bad at some time. Just don't be bad quite as often. So awful is what you'll want to avoid. Good is hard to attain. You know, okay, mediocre, you can live with that sometimes. So if they can get there, I mean, I can see them being bowl eligible. It may take winning that 11th or 12th game. It may take winning that 12th game. I don't see why that's out of the realm of possibility. And and to be honest with you, Chris, like there's no way, there is no way anybody over there who will walk out with a whistle or a helmet today thinks differently. Well, Mike, I think Mountaineer Nation hopes you're correct, um, but I think we are running low, low on time here. Unless you have something else you want to add, I have two things. Oh, um, one, one already heard. We teased yesterday that we did not reveal the trivia for who were the four FBS teams playing eleven Power <laughs> Five opponents. How about that? So again, people are listening. Um, the answers are West Virginia, Purdue, Boston College, and Stanford. And secondly, I'm putting you on the spot here. We have a large, robust, growing following, right? Of course. Of course. And Tuesday, we're not doing anything in the afternoon because I don't. I have football at 12.15. 
you have children, which apparently is like a, a time consuming thing. However, at 1.30, West Virginia plays the Madrid All-Stars in Spain. The first time we'll see this collection of basketball players. And it has been recommended to me that we do a live viewing for a podcast. Uh, that sounds fantastic. I had really, I, I had actually, uh, you know, tried to talk, uh, talk my wife into going there for the week, but you know, this, this will just have to do me and you talking on Skype. That's what we need to do instead. Second question. <laughs> Will you cover my subscription cost to flow sports? <laughs> You're yeah, the boss. I, think, I, I think we can. Uh, I think we can find uh, get that taken care of for you. Perfect. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up for us today. Uh, that'll wrap us up for well, maybe not this week. Mike might be making a um, an appearance this weekend, and if not, we'll be back early next week. Uh, I am Chris Anderson for Country Roads Confidential. I am Mike Casaza, who will be on here after practice on Friday while Chris is at the beach. <laughs> And thank you guys for listening. <laughs>